Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Teams out there do believe that the Bruins are trying to upgrade their roster. And all you have to do is look at what they are capable of and say it's not coming out of the draft. Do they really want to deal their top prospects, some of whom have already played in the NHL? I don't think so. So if they want to make changes, it probably has to come off their roster. And that's why I think people are looking at Allmark. Now, I don't think it's impossible. He has some control. But the whole thing is, if the Bruins are trying to win the Stanley Cup, then why would you subtract from one of your greatest strengths? That was Elliot Friedman on the 32 Thoughts podcast. We played that for you uh, yesterday, rather. I think it's worth circling back to here in hour number two of Jones and Mego without Arkan. With Razor. With Razor. We got Razor for another uh, 10 minutes or so. And so, look, I I know a year ago we, we went back and forth on this. Should the Bruins trade a goaltender? The goaltending rotation was working very well last year. It started pretty well this year. It seems to have fallen off a touch, although it is still a strength of theirs. Mm-hmm. Is that something they should be looking at leading up to the trade deadline, which is, whatever, 10 days away, March 8th? Yeah. So... Let, this is kind of where it, whether you think that they should do it or whether you think that they shouldn't do it, etc. Um, I'm not sure what the value is for Linus Ulmer. Like, do when right? What when, could you get in return? Exactly. Like, what's is it? A, like, they could like I. There hasn't been any trades being made, so we don't really know just in general what the market is. But especially goaltenders, there's teams that need goaltenders that haven't pulled the trigger on getting goaltenders. And if I told you. Linus Allmark was going to only get you a draft pick. Would you trade for that? Oh, well, maybe. What can I? What can I what do can with the? Turn with I what can I do with the five millions yeah. in savings? Yeah, I would say Correct. probably not. I mean, yeah, you you save money, and then maybe you can turn the draft pick for something else. But I would rather have a match that has somebody. I mean, you got to send out back. money to get a player. You, so if if you make a trade over here and carve out some space, and then you can acquire. I mean, Noah Hannafin's contract is very similar. Yep. If, if you make a trade over here to deal away Allmark and then bring in someone like Hannafin or, or whatever, maybe that's too high level of a trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might be interested in that. It just depends on they would need to do something else. It, it's certainly, I guess the point, my point is it's not a one for one. You're, you're not trading Linus Allmark for Noah Hannafin. You're not trading Linus Allmark for a top two line right winger. Um, that's not, 
that's not how the league's working. That's not what the value is. So you essentially have to have another deal in place or you're doing it to upgrade your team to get rid of salary. Essentially, that that seems, from my point of view, how the deal's going to get made and why the deal's going to get made. I, I wouldn't do it because... I don't want to trade Lena Solmark and have something happen to Jeremy Swayman two weeks later and, and not have anything in between. That just scares the heart out of me. Andrew um, Raycroft e-bug? I mean, you get well, that, yeah. jump downstairs. Me, that's worse than me running a 40. <laughs> uh, much more of a problem for everybody. I, I just think that the identity of this team is those guys. I think you you hope that, again, hope and get one of those guys cooking for the playoffs and, and you have both and it just seems like more of an off season deal. I, I think that there was, I, I think that they would have had there been a lot of trades being done. If there had been salary cap last season, I think we could have saw it last summer, but it, it just seems like an off season move. It feels like it changes too much of what this team is. If we do that in the next 10 days, unless to your point, you have to do it to get, an upgrade. Like, of course there's always, you know, if you get Connor McDavid, then of course you're doing it. Like there's always, I would do that. You're always, you know, someone's always worth something. Um, You're always, you know, your, your value is only so much and to a point. So, but it's just not, I hope I, I, when I hear Linus Allmark getting traded or Jeremy Swayman, a goalie getting traded, I, I, I just hope people don't think that you can get, a top six forward or a top three defenseman for Linus, and that's it. That's just not what the value is. You would have to make two or three moves around it to get it. And if that's the case, then sure, I just don't know what that looks like. So as you describe uh, Omar's value right now and saying kind of like, if I'm hearing you right, that if there was a deal to have been made, maybe they would have made it well before now. Like, does that indicate that there wasn't as much interest in Allmark? when they may have been more open to changing the look of this team before? Yes, because there's so many, there's literally, we could rattle off five goalie names that are all kind of around $5 million that these teams that aren't good with goaltending, like the New Jersey Devils, have been connected to over and over and over again for nine months, and no one's done it. It hasn't happened. So, so yeah, I just, I, I'm not sure if it's that's all going to just come to fruition here in the next eight days. It just seems a little far-fetched right now. Are they worth investing in? Are the Bruins worth, like, making a move? Uh, they they gave up a lot last year at the trade deadline. Yes. It's not going to look like last year, no okay, matter what. Okay, but I, part of me feels that the Bruins coming back to earth, and if that's how you view it, losing these overtime games and, you know, uh, struggling as they have relatively over the last 10 games, like, part of me feels like that gives Sweeney an ownership an excuse to say, well look, we don't really fully believe in this team. We went all in last year. This is a year to get right. Let's see how far we can go. And I don't want to give them that out. Like, I do I do feel that this team is worth investing in. The question then becomes to what end? Like, if they make a trade, do I feel like they're winning the cup? Probably not. But I do feel like they can go on a run, and I think that's worth making a move. Yes, exactly. We've seen it, right? Like, I think it's very you, – you can't you, – do you think – no one's talking about hockey in Florida, but do you think if if they were this time last year, they're talking about Florida going to the Stanley no, Cup Finals? No, of course Hockey not. is so, so random, and the deadline's six weeks before the season ends. You have to assume, if you're, the, if you're in the top eight, let's say, in the National Hockey League in points at this point, you have to assume you can go on a run. Um, and that's where the Bruins are. So, yes, you, you they've have... Been to- they've been top of the league basically all year. All year. And, and they win games. Yes, overtime's a problem. Shootouts are a problem right now. But um, 
the the fact Cam came out yesterday and talked about getting a stiff defender and, and possibly and hoping to get some offense up front, that tells me that they're thinking this team can go. And, and and as long as it falls, look at 19. Everything just kind of falls into place in the NHL playoffs differently for everybody as well. It just, it, it inevitably does. And inevitably, there's going to be someone get knocked off that you didn't think was going to get knocked off. There's going to be a goalie gets hot, a goalie gets cold, a team gets cold, and they're going to be out in the first round. And then you get to the second round and say, oh, we have a path. Uh, and And you just try and focus on that if you're an NHL team and organization. I think... From the, the that's what the Bruins are looking at. They, they have to upgrade. They have to try and get a little better. It's really hard when you have fifty seven thousand dollars in cap space, like every other team in the Eastern Conference. That's why it's going to look different than it did last year. I don't think it's an arms race like it was last season, uh, and which could make more of a reason to to add something that you think you need and try and make it happen because these teams aren't going to be able to add six, five or six players. The Rangers aren't going to. No one can really do it because of the cap. Uh, let's go to the phones here. Matt is in Portland uh, with an interesting name. Go ahead, right. Matt. Matt, hello. Hi, how are you? Hi, Matt. Go ahead. Hey. So, All right, so Matt's not ready to go. He's asking about Lucic, who the Bruins aren't going to bring back. No. But do the Bruins need a player of that style? Like, is that is that something they need? A player with, you know, some edge? Do they need that? It can't hurt, but you we all watch the NHL games now. There's not as much edge as there ever as there was prior. It's just different. I I love the fact that Brazos come up and played well and moved well because size still is important. I think you see the different like the length in guys. I, I really noticed him as a six foot five guy compared to an Oscar Steen who's five ten, five eleven. Like it looks different out on the ice to me. I don't need him to be an absolute bruiser. I don't need him to be Milan Lucic tough. I just need him to be kind of hard to get around. Just be difficult in front of the net. Uh, so you can add some more sandpaper. I think on the back end, same thing. You need to add some length. I think it doesn't have to be the nastiest guy in the world, but if you get a little bit longer and a little bit harder to go around, that's always beneficial. So I know everybody wants toughness. Everybody wants toughness. And it, the fans, the teams... Um, the players, it's just not that easy. They don't just grow all over trees because that's not the way of the the mindset anymore. So when you have a guy like Tom Wilson, you're not just giving him up. And so, so yes, it would be nice if they can find a way to do it, but there's 30 other, well, 15 other teams in the same market. And that's what makes it difficult to get those guys now too. Uh, Razor, I appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for having uh, me. Hanging out. I know you got a uh, you got a busy day, and it was a late night last night, so we appreciate it. Uh, keep your phone on, just yep. in case uh, you know Allmark does get dealt. All of the apologies pouring in from from Canada. I have the, to be the plus, first. The plus one country code or whatever. Yeah. Just all, all of those pouring in on your phone. Just forward those to me if you don't mind. I will definitely. You'll, yes, you will get every single one of those messages, and I will be on the message board sending them to you as well. <laughs> nice. Okay, uh, Razor. We appreciate the time. We'll talk to you down the line. Awesome. Thank you. All right, Andrew Raycroft joining us here. No Arcand all week, which means you have trending here from Ryan Garvin. When we come back, I think we're getting the Patriots free agency plan coming into focus. That's right after trending next. Worried about. Letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Jones and Mego on WEEI. On WEEI. Uh, we're going to aggressively try to help the team uh, take that however you want it, but we will we will try to do what's right, whether that means spending or saving. We'll TBD. That's Elliot Wolf on the Patriots and their free agent plans. As Elliot Wolf told us earlier today, final call is his. I don't totally know that I believe him when it comes to personnel, but I'm intrigued that he answered it, and that means we can pick it apart. He, he stood up there and talked for 15, 16 minutes. He met with the local media after that and had a few interesting comments uh, with the local media that he didn't do in his big stand-up press conference. That would include confirming they're going to meet with all three of the big quarterbacks in this draft, Jaden Daniels, Drake May, and Caleb Williams at the Combine. Uh, That would also include a dig at Bill Belichick that he made, uh, saying there's more of an open and less of a hard-ass vibe in the building. Oh, boy. Is what he said. More of an open, less of a hard-ass. Correct. An Uh, open-ass is what it's going to be. Uh, So Sure, whatever. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> so when it comes to the Patriots, it's just, he's just the latest in a long line of people who can't resist taking a shot at Bill Belichick. But what caught my ear about that answer, and you can jump in on our big question of the day, what the Patriots are doing at three. Sounds like they're locked in on a quarterback. They should be. I love it. Mego loves it. A lot of you say it depends on the quarterback. Some of you hate the plan. Uh, so you can vote at Jones and Mego. You can dial us up 617-779-7937. I just found it interesting there when he's talking about the free agency plan. He said, we're going to do what's right, whether that means spending or saving TBD. So that's not exactly we're going to burn some cash, right? Like no, that, that just not. caught my ear. I'm like, what do you mean saving? We're going to save? What do you mean TBD? Yeah, what, exactly. What do you mean TBD? I thought we were burning cash. What does TBD boring. mean? Yeah, exactly. That is boring. I'm with you. And so, look, I, maybe he's just trying to cover all his bases and he doesn't want a full throttle burn some cash comment that can be thrown back in his face. Like maybe he's just smarter than that. Especially by other players, agents, maybe, but like say, I don't want to hear saving. And to your point, Mego, I don't want to hear TBD. You should have a plan. D that's what I want to hear that. It's already D Come on, not TBD D it should be D. This is open, not hard ass. (laughs) This is the new Patriots era. Can I give you some bad news in free agency? Uh, no. Okay. Yeah, fine. Some of these receivers are getting snapped up. They really are. Okay, we so should have seen this coming. T. Higgins has been tagged. Right. Could be a tag and trade potential, though. Uh, correct. Could be a tag and could, trade could potential. Could still happen. Could. I don't feel great about that, uh, but it could. Uh, the Vikings came out today and said they're absolutely not trading Justin Jefferson. Didn't think that was going to happen anyway. Uh, we talked about that yesterday. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I didn't believe it Felt was going like to happen either. Dream. But still, okay, one last name off the board. The Raiders said the same about Devontae Adams. He's going to be a Raider. 
Wasn't even thinking about it. Okay, hadn't. It's not a name we had brought up before either, but it was starting to make the rounds this morning. They immediately shot that down, and now this latest one from Jenna Lane, who covers the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. She tweets: The Bucks are actively working towards re-signing five-time Pro Bowl wide receiver Mike Evans, even if it puts a strain on their finances to do so. "Quote: We're going to do whatever we can to make sure he's a Buck." GM Jason Light said. Well, that sucks. So I, think, I like him. I think the Jaguars have come out and said they're trying to keep Calvin Ridley. Great. Uh, I haven't read anything on Pittman yet. I haven't really. I think Pittman is one that's going to get tagged. Well, he might. Uh, they haven't tagged him yet. And I, I haven't. Maybe I've missed the news, but I haven't really seen it. So if all of these top guys are getting signed. Wait, some... who, who is left then? Well, that's what I'm saying. Hollywood Brown. Okay. Not Kendrick, my favorite. Kendrick Bourne. Oh, come on. So. The other name would be Steph Diggs. And I, I've been beating the drum for Steph Diggs for a while. I still feel like that's a name that could shake free via trade and or a potential cut. Like, things were bad with him in Buffalo all year last year. And I would just keep an eye on that one. But it seems like a lot of the names are drying up. And maybe that's part of the reason why he said, yeah, we're not burning cash anymore because he knows where the winds are blowing with some of these free agents. It doesn't sound like a lot of them at big positions of need, wide receiver, are going to be available. Yeah, maybe he's worried that if he echoes that burning cash, that again, it's kind of like the full throttle comment from the Red Sox. Exactly. And if they go and get like Curtis Samuel or someone like that, then everybody turns and they go, this is burning cash. This isn't burning cash. This is like singeing cash. This is this is TBD. I don't, I don't like hearing that. Uh, but I did like a few other things that I heard from Elliot Wolf today. We discussed some of it when it comes to what they're doing at quarterback, when it comes to just him answering questions like a human being, just saying, oh, yeah, here's my title. Oh, yeah, uh, I do have final decision. Like, I, I'm not used to hearing people like that running the Patriots. Like, they tend to be they tend to be more evasive. They tend to not answer questions like that. And so that was refreshing uh, to hear, even if I don't fully believe him. Uh, 617-779-7937, you can jump in on the Patriots, their free agency plans. How do you pivot? Like, what do you do if all these receivers are gone? And does that change your thought process at the top of the draft. Mego, it doesn't for me. I still want the quarterback, but I can imagine these Marvin Harrison Jr. people saying, well, see, this is why you go get the receiver. Yeah, and I hear that. I still think that if you're weighing the receiver and the quarterback, I think that it is easier. And if you want to throw statistics into it, statistics back it up, it's easier to go find a quarterback. I mean, sorry, a wide receiver somewhere else in the draft. In I know. One, second or third round. But even I'll acknowledge part of my logic with taking the quarterback was free there, are, there are all these receivers out there in Certainly. free agency to throw I'm money there at. Too. I'm there too. Like I, and I still look, we don't know for sure that all these guys are going to get tagged, re-signed, you know, snatched up, not moving. We don't know it yet. It's early days. We're just in the franchise tag window right now. Yeah. I still don't like where the news is trending on the wide receiver. Well, you front. never like where the news is trending. I, I, I thought there were going to be a bunch of receivers available. We've talked about these four guys all offseason. But we also Ridley, talked about Higgins, them Pittman, saying. Evans, we talked about yeah, all of them. Yeah, Ridley would surprise me. Okay, that one is is a little sideways to me Okay, but for even what if, we expected. But, like, Higgins, I don't know if we thought that he was going to get tagged because of the Jamar Chase component. But some of these other guys I think we thought were going to get tagged. I feel like you just want Mike Evans. And that's do, what's bumming you out. I do want Mike Evans. But let's say three of them are, are snapped up, and now it's only Calvin Ridley on the market. The Patriots should still get him, but it becomes that much more challenging if every team is in on one clear-cut top guy, especially with so much cap space out there which we found out in the last, uh, I don't know, 72 hours, whatever it's been. Uh, I also want to hear this from Elliot Wolf. You tell me, 
while we're talking about not a lot of free agent options up there, they've kind of dried up. It seems like they're starting to dry up anyway uh, at the wide receiver position. Tell me if this pitch is going to win you over in free agency. Here's the new free agency pitch from the New England Patriots. You're sitting down. You get these guys in a room uh, at the combine, or you get their agents in the room at the combine, and you say, okay, come to New England because of X. Here's the pitch from Elliot Wolf. Yeah, I would say our pitch to free agents is, you know, this is a new program, and we're, we're heading in the right direction. It's a new era. We have leadership with Gerard Mayo that is going to be tremendous. Like, he's... He's just an unbelievable leader and developer of people. And I think that, you know, as we move forward with the new offense and defense, like it's going to be, it's going to be pretty special and exciting here. Okay. It's a new era. It's Gerard a new May- program. Gerard Mayo's a leader. I mean, obviously they're going to throw a bunch of money at them, but like that's Are not- you a terrible person? Well, Gerard Mayo is here for you. <laughs> I just, I, gotta, I just want to win football games. Man. I got to be honest. I don't think that's, yeah, I don't think that's the pitch that's winning you a lot of free agents. I don't think so. No. I mean, look, if it's me, I would say we took a brief detour at the end because we won here for so long. Things fell apart a little bit at the end. But at, but Crafts want us to be winners. So we're going to get back to winning soon. And we're going to spend to do that. And we're going to be a winning program. And the, look, I mean, I think we felt this all like, along. You're going to pay them either way. But if you're trying to sex it up, you don't say we're a new program and we've got a great leader. No. I, I think it makes it sound like it's like a high school team. I think they're going to have to spend anyway to get these guys. So I think we already kind of knew this, but like it tell, that answer just tells me how bleak it is. It's like, oh, we, we got a new leader. Let's stab Bill again in the back. New leader, new era. And uh, oh, yeah, by the way, Gerard May, he's just he's great. It's like, that's why I'm signing with you. You, yeah. you better overpay by a lot. You better overpay. Have you seen our video board? <laughs> that's kind of the level of what they're talking about. Have you ever been? on top uh, and rang the bell on top of a lighthouse. Have you ever a done that? A landlocked lighthouse. Yeah, 30 miles from the ocean. It is, you can't do that anywhere else. Okay. But you can see Providence from the top. Okay, that's they, they save that. They kind of back pocket that. They're like, okay, well, you can ring the bell and you're way up there and it's landlocked. And, but And the person they're talking to is like, wait, you can Providence? See Thayer Street. Yeah. I thought we were near Boston. <laughs> wait, what? Wait, where is Foxborough? I got there on a bus once, but I wasn't paying attention. Have you ever seen Federal Hill from 15 miles away? <laughs> uh, 617-779-7937. You can also text us at 37937. Uh, here we go. Uh, how about Tyler Boyd? No. Feels washed. Gabe Davis stinks. Not a fan. Brandon Ayuk is a possibility. One texter sends in. I- I'm not so sure about that. I- if he is available, I'm interested. We had a clip. I don't think we ever played it on the show, Mego, but I know at one point we were talking about it off the air where he's going into what could be his final year in San Francisco, and he was asked how long he wants to be there, and he kind of gave a, a noncommittal answer. If he's available, great. I just feel like the Niners are the kind of team that's going to do what they can to keep those guys together, and I think they can do that for one more year. Just looking at cap numbers, if you care, I think they can do that for one more year. And so I don't think Ayuk is realistic. There's also this one, Jones. I thought it was easy to find receivers. I think it is easier to find receivers than quarterbacks for sure. I just don't know how many now are going to be available in free agency, which means I might have to shift my philosophy a little bit. It might be a trade for someone like Stefan Diggs. Or I was thinking yesterday, maybe Justin Jefferson before he got pulled off the market. Now, all right, get your quarterback at three, and at 34, we're locking in on a wide receiver. Now, who is that wide receiver? I don't pretend to know. Maybe Keon Coleman is a receiver that I like. I have him number four in the class. I see him dropping in some of these mock drafts. 
the two receivers at Texas, people like Lad McConkey from Georgia. So maybe that's now the new path. You need a wide receiver, quarterback and wide receiver, one, two, three, and 34, and boom, that's your start to the offseason. Maybe that needs to be the, the new plan. So I'm not as high on Stefan Diggs as I think you are, but let's talk through if you're going to do a trade like that, how much draft capital are you giving up because you don't have a whole lot else to offer I bet besides not much. money. I bet not much. Well, how much are you personally? Like, oh, if you're running that I trade, you're if you're executing that trade, I would give up 34 for Steph Diggs, and I'm they're going to ask for something else. So are I bet you, you, go, can, how I bet far you get you less because he's going to want a new con- – I bet he wants a new contract. So, like, I, I bet he's not going to cost as much as you think. Would I give up 34 if that's, if that's really what it took to get him? Yes, I would. But I, my guess is he'll be cheaper than that. Yeah, I wonder if he's lost a step, too. Uh, he was bad in the second half of last year for sure. Uh, meanwhile, we also have uh, Elliot Wolf talking about a key – Free agent for the Patriots. This surprised me. I know this should excite Mego and other uh, fans of the offensive line uh, out there. Uh, here's what he had to say about Michael and Wenyu, their key free agent. It, it doesn't impact us. Mike's a core player for us. That that you know, it's no secret we want to try to keep Mike. Um, and it'll just be a little bit of a wrinkle dealing with him. Uh, Mike's really smart and he's introspective and he's thoughtful and he understands. You know, he knows what he wants, which is always good when you're dealing with a player. Um, and and he's certainly someone that you know, we we view as a cornerstone for us. Okay, a cornerstone, a key player. The backdrop here, and we never really got to this during yesterday's show, the backdrop is Mike and Wenyu just fired his agents. And so he's not happy with how negotiations are going, and I guess there's two ways to look at that. You know, number one, his agents were telling him to go to market. He wants to stay in New England, and there's a discrepancy there. I could see that. I'm not telling you that's not the case. Uh, That's option number one. Option number two would be, Hey, I'm about to hit free agency. Florio wrote about this. I think there needs to be a five-day lag time or something like that between firing your agent and hiring a new agent. And so if I'm not happy with what I'm hearing, I need to make this move now so that I can be properly represented to go into that legal tampering window and have new agents to break the bank for me. Uh, How do you read that? Do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing in terms of his return to New England that he's firing his agent? I think it's probably a bad thing because if I'm believing what Wolfie is saying there, which is that he's a core player and that they're going to do everything in their power, like move heaven and earth to keep Mike and Wenyu here, then it would indicate that any talks that they've had with his agents in this period so far have not been productive. And that would indicate to me that the Patriots are not moving heaven and earth to keep Mike and Wenyu here and that anything is possible in terms of him going elsewhere and with the tackle market and free agency that we're just looking at, at least from a surface perspective, I think Michael Wenyu can get a lot on the open market. Yeah. So let me just say this. And as somebody who, I should say that, as somebody who wants Michael Wenyu back here at right tackle, and so I, I'm i not as optimistic about it, why even you, though he's saying glowing words. Why are you convinced he's a tackle? I'm not. I think he can play tackle, and that's more. He can play tackle at the NFL level, which is more than I can say for tackles in the draft right now when you're also going to be drafting a left tackle. Okay, most I mean, likely. I, look, I guarantee you, the guys they're talking about drafting, even in the second round, are better left tackles than a Wenyu. Oh no, I don't want him to play left. No, I'm no. saying he's, he'd play right. But I'm saying uh, we don't even know that he's a right. We don't even know that he's a right tackle. Well, he's played it. He has, but he's also played more guard in his right. career. And he's the a Patri- natural guard. The for Patriots sure. have been reticent and hesitant to play him at right tackle, and so to me, it's like, oh, 
Tyron Smith, Jonah Williams. Like, I don't I don't even pretend to know how to rate all these guys. But I, I do love and think it's rich to hear from Patriots fans. I'm not necessarily lumping you in with this. Okay, good, because I'm not a Patriots fan. But it's like, I, I love hearing this from Patriots fans. It's like, oh, well, he's the best tackle out there. I'm not saying that either. He might not I'm even be a saying, tackle. I think that he works for you. And it's annoying to me that you didn't Doesn't get it done won, last year. You won year. four games last year. And you won eight games the year before that. And it's like, I don't know. I didn't feel like... Well, you, he was also injured in the first stretch of the year, okay. which I know you want to count against him. And I understand yeah, I don't that, know that logic. A, I don't know that that's a good piece But I also think that that, that was an issue with their offensive line at the beginning of the year. That yeah. he wasn't able to be out there. I don't know that I would champion him being hurt as a reason to pay him. But you also surrounded him with the worst offensive lineman that you could find. There's a difference between going out and paying top dollar for a Jonah Williams versus waiting until the last minute, not valuing a position that, that you are already lacking at and going, oh, well, let's just go get Vidarian Lowe, Tyron Wheatley Jr., Calvin Anderson, and and Riley Reef. Like, yeah. There's a middle ground that I don't understand why previous iterations of this football team have never bothered to well, explore. Well, let me put it's it like, this way. Let's lift okay. the barrel and scrape the crap underneath it. I'm not going to sit here and say Mike Nwenu is the best tackle. I think that yeah, he's he might not even be not, He might not worst. even be a tackle. Hold on. I think he's going to be highly desirable on the open market. And it annoys me that you have somebody who I think you know mostly works for you, and instead you might just go out and try to patch together a bunch of different stuff. And it annoys me that you didn't get this done at this, you know, last year when you could have gotten it so done, whatever reason that, that is. That to me is fair. That really irritates me. And now I'm looking at it going, you let everybody walk out the door. Like, can you just hold on to one guy who will probably work for you for right now, even if it's franchise tag? Okay, so overpay him for a year, franchise tag him. Maybe you find out he's more of a guard and it's not worth it. Then move on. See, we're in a new era, though. Yeah, I just that's I, that that's old era Patriots stuff. I can't. Elliot Wolf can't go in front of media and go, "We're in a new era." You're pitched and I'm to not free gonna agency. Sit here and pretend new era, like new era. right tackle is going to make or break what your offense is doing next year. That's why I'm like, just sign him, get it done. Yeah, I just your the most valid point to me is. Why are you at this? If you really want to keep him, why are you at this point? Yeah, but we're already past that. You're at this point. I understand. But how did you let it get to this point? And I think how they got here is it tells you the lack of belief in what he really is and what he wants. Maybe he wants to be a tackle and they don't feel he's a tackle. Or maybe he wants X amount of money and they don't feel that he's worth it. And I think that's why you're here. And this is why I would have traded him at the trade deadline. And I would have traded Duggar at the trade deadline and Uche and all these other guys. I would have traded everything that wasn't nailed down. Because now you're on the cusp of losing them for nothing. And if you really wanted them, you should have been more proactive. Because all it's done is drive that number through the roof with the salary cap going up and other bidders in free agency. If you didn't want to pay them then, why are you going to pay them now? And I don't think any of these guys are difference makers. You know, I I, I saw a top 100 free agent list from uh, Pro Football Talk today. I think it was Shereen Williams put it together for Pro Football Talk. He was 17. And it's like... I don't know. I I don't feel like that's anything special. I've seen him 25 on other free agent lists from ESPN. I don't feel like that's a guy I need to be paying $20 million to on the franchise tag. I don't want to do that, especially when I don't even know he can play tackle. And if he does play tackle, it's right tackle, which I feel like is not as important. 617-779-7937. You can jump in on that. You can also jump in on our big question of the day. We asked it to Razor earlier. Razor doesn't want a quarterback, which I found interesting. Uh, it sounds like the Patriots are leaning towards a quarterback at number three. How do you feel about it? Most people, Mego, most, and you think this is a cop-out, are saying it depends on the quarterback. 46% compared to 44% of us who love it. You and I both love it. 46% say it depends on the quarterback. You have a problem with that. Why? Because I do think it's a cop-out. It's a way of going any time. 
anytime that they take a quarterback and the quarterback doesn't pan out and you get to see another quarterback who does pan out, then you get to go, ooh, well, actually, I thought that they should have traded everything and every draft capital to go get Caleb Williams because it turns out he's the second coming of Patrick Mahomes. Like, I, I just think that it's an easy out. I, I you got to be on one side or the other here about do you want a quarterback with that number three pick because that's really just the decision that they're having to make. It's either you're trading down, you're hoarding picks for the coming years. Uh, maybe you're going with somebody like a Bo Nix. I don't know where Bo Nix and J.J. McCarthy will be at that point in the draft if it's even gonna if you're gonna fall to a position where you can get those guys. Like just admit that you're either going for one of these top three guys at the number three pick or you're going to sacrifice all of that upside possibility. So I think I know your answer is to this, but I, I want to ask it anyway. Why is it wrong for somebody to say, well, I only like one quarterback, and so I'm not locked in on a quarterback at three? Why is that wrong for somebody to say? I don't think it's say? wrong. I just think I don't believe a lot of people who say that. Like, if you say that, because I'm What if you just like to... Caleb Williams and you don't like Drake May and you don't like Jaden Daniels? That's, that's different than you and I. Yeah. I happen to like all three quarterbacks, but... I. If somebody I guess doesn't, I'm thinking, I'm thinking more of of like an Arcand who, for some reason, has fallen in love with Bo Nix. Well, that's and hated. doesn't like any of these other quarterbacks. That to me is hated. If you're saying it depends on the quarterback, then I I need to see who's available at three before I say, great, you're locked in on a quarterback. I think that's a defensible answer. But what you said earlier that I do agree with. All right, fine. So you only like Caleb Williams. Well, then trade to go up there and take him. Or you only like Drake May trade to go up there and take him like to me that is a fair counter to that it's just what's that going to cost and to what end so i'm trying to put myself in this scenario which i don't think is going to happen but i think is worthwhile for this exercise which is if drake may was going number one and it turned out you know a week before the draft that drake may is shooting up everybody's projecting him at number one not caleb williams anymore something comes out with caleb williams or something that really changes the structure there am i sitting there and going Trade next year's first round pick, trade 34 to go get Drake May. I don't know. Like, that's where I start to lose my conviction in that guy a little bit because part of the reason that I like the scenario of being at three is that you can get either Jaden Daniels or Drake May, who I like better than Caleb Williams, and you can still put enough around them almost immediately. I see you squirming back there. What are you squirming about? I just think that if you have an opportunity to to take one of the top three quarterbacks in this draft, I don't know why there would be any hesitation at this point. Because if you take a quarterback and he's bare minimum serviceable, then you got a guy that you can not necessarily build around, but you can invest in your team without paying a premium for a quarterback. You know, if we lived in some bizarro world where Mac Jones worked out and and didn't completely fall off a cliff like he had the better part of last year and the year before you're talking fifth year option you're talking investing a lot of money you're talking about second contract maybe whereas you have all this money right now you get to reset the 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 stopwatch basically you draft a quarterback right now and you have four years to figure out if this guy is going to work while not actually having to pay him and going and, and paying the other positions of need. Yeah. That's the opportunity that you have right now. And if you punt on that, you trade down, you've just made it that much harder for yourself. Yeah, or if I mean, you decide you're not going to go get a quarterback. This is what I keep saying. Uh, quarterback, you have to hit it. And this is why I'm okay with people saying, well, no, I don't think all three quarterbacks are good. What's the likelihood all three quarterbacks in this draft are going to be good? I don't know. What's the likelihood all three of them are bad? Higher. 
Like even I, all, I don't believe that. even even I'll acknowledge that it's more likely okay. that they whiff on that all three suck than all three are awesome. Let me rephrase like that's that. more likely. What is the likelihood all three quarterbacks are bad than what the Patriots have gone through the last three? Years? <laughs> well, that, okay, well that's that's a different question. All right, they you, should be able to do better than Mac Jones in their sleep. You, you, it, there's a difference between like all right, we're we're getting a guy and we're going to be a Super Bowl contender in three years versus we can be in the hunt. You can be one of those eight win, seven win teams yeah, maybe if bingo. if you just. Build up around the guy that you take right now. Don't f him up like you did with the last quarterback. Right. Like and you had a. This is a great learning opportunity on how to build your program. The new era. That's the thing I'm locked in with Elliot Wolf. And if it's truly a new era, you can start it right now instead of hemming and hawing. The, the one thing I really don't like, uh, as far as the the narrative is, all oh, if you don't love the guy, don't take him. You don't love him? You have to fall in love with the guy? Or yes. can he just be yes. serviceable? No, no, no. Can he just no, be good? That's no. where you get into yeah, really that, ridiculous. That, no, no, that's, that's not ridiculous. That, that is like that's, the Hayabloom school that's, of that, building a team is don't do Mego, anything. you're right. Don't do anything. No, Mego's right. That's, that, they, that's what you did last time. I don't think they love Mac Jones. I don't think they love Mac Jones. But you said an hour ago, Jones, there's a difference between 15 and 3. Yeah, that right. is the That is the chance you have right now. Yeah, but I don't think they loved Mac Jones. If they loved Mac Jones and they saw him dropping and they thought he could go 3, they would have swooped up the board to go take so him. So you kick the can down the road for another year? No. If, if you don't like the quarterbacks, I'm not telling you you have to take them. I like them. I like these quarterbacks. But if they don't... And who knows how they feel about them? I'm just telling you, I like them. I want them to take them. I but guess if, I would just ask, what if, are you looking for then? What are you looking for? I don't know. I don't it can't know. Be, it cannot be worse than it has been. Start there. Okay. Instead of hemming and hawing. But Ryan, I you're s- just going to be right back here Ryan, in, in it it also four can. years. I could sign Joe Flacco and it would be better than it was last year. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're, like if Good. That's a start. Right. That's you, a start. But I'm just saying, if, if your goal is to just be better than last year at quarterback, I can do that without using the third pick. Like, there's a lot of ways to do that to me. I want to use the third pick, but there's a lot of ways to use do that. the third pick. Six. I, I, I don't love him, therefore I'm not going to take him. Uh, that is so dumb. No, that is so dumb. It's dumb to take him if you don't love him. Six one seven seven seven. Do you like him? Can I like a quarterback and take him? Are you gonna love him? I gotta yeah. get down on and propose. Yes, it's ridiculous. Yes, kind of. Yeah, yes. if you've got the number three pick, that's ridiculous. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. We'll get to your feedback here coming up. We got some Celtics thoughts as well. Uh, guess who doesn't believe in the Celtics? No, not me. Perk doesn't believe in the Celtics. Let's do it next. You're listening to Jones and Mako on WEEI. Number three is a man who says he wants the title, and that's Jason Tatum. Right now, he's he's the best player on what might be the best team, certainly right up there. And he's got the game, and he's got the charisma, and he's got everything going for him, I think, except for the big wins. He needs to be the best player in the NBA Finals, and I think he stakes a legitimate claim to being an MVP and to being the face of the league. As Mike Greenberg the other day on Get Up had Tatum number three in terms of the future face of the league. I get Luka Doncic and Nikola Jokic ahead of no, Jason Giannis. Since we're oh, yeah, Giannis ahead of him? Giannis. So, so Giannis and Jokic? Uh, no, Luka. Giannis, Luka. Giannis, Luka, Tatum, John Morant, Victor Wembanyama. Wow, so no Jokic. No Jokic. Huh, interesting. We're about to get to Perk, so that's... That's Greenberg. That's not Stooney Greenberg. No, 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 no. That's uh, that's Just Mike Greenberg. Not All to the be different confused. greenies. Not, not to be confused Stoney with other Greenberg or whatever. Just want to make sure. You nailed it, Perk. That's absolutely what it is. I do. I do find it interesting that you can talk about, and we've talked about this, Mego, in the past, and Tatum has kind of vented about this. We talk about all the struggles that Tatum has had in like the finals or whatever. 
even last year against the Heat. He's had issues in playoff series with turnovers and, and disappearing and going in and out. And he's injuries. Had some, yeah, he's had some great games, too. Well, injuries. Well, he had the ankle in Game 7 of yeah. Eastern Conference Finals last year. Yeah. So, to me, it's just he played the whole game. To me, Hurt. he's, well, I look at it and I say, yeah, he's had some big games, too. He had a big game against Milwaukee. He had a big game against Philadelphia a year ago, big game uh, against Milwaukee a few years back. So... He deserves some credit for that. And then just to put guys like Luca ahead of him is wild to me because Luca hasn't accomplished on a team level anything near what Tatum has. Now, he hasn't had the same team around him. I guess you can chase your tail on that one a bit. Uh, but that's the discussion about Tatum emerging as the face of the NBA. And people have hashed that out over the last week plus, really going back to the All-Star game. On the Celtics and, well, their championship aspirations, I, I certainly feel like they're the best team in the league. Some of the teams out West I have my eyeball on, especially because the Celtics have lost to them. No one in the East uh, should the Celtics lose to. Miami scares me the most in the East, but no one in the East do I look at and go, wow, the Celtics shouldn't beat that team. Here's Kendrick Perkins, who uh, I guess it's safe to say feels a little bit differently. He's on first take yesterday. We've seen this movie before. The Celtics are not judged on regular season. Jason Tatum is not judged on regular season. We haven't even seen Chris... uh, uh, Christoph Przingis in a playoff meaningful game. I don't know what he's going to do in the series, but I do know what the Denver Nuggets are going to do. I do know what Jokic and Jamal Murray is going to do. I also know what Kawhi Leonard Jordan is capable of doing with the Los Angeles Where Clippers. Last time he did by that. the way, just about a, but, but just and by the way, just about a month ago, went down to Boston and stomped them out. Went down to Boston and stomped them out. He stomped them out. The Clippers stomped them out. <laughs> so I guess they stomped them out is what they did, Mego. Um, uh, the thing that I find in there of value, besides just the the stomping out over and over again, he makes a good point to me about Porzingis. Like, do we have any idea what Porzingis is going to be in the playoffs? And that's that's just going to be such a different animal. And we we have really no don't. We really don't. Not in a meaningful playoffs. Not when you're actually on a run going back to the finals, which is what we all expect the Celtics to do. Kind of bare minimum. That's the bar that they have to cross. They have to be in the finals because I agree with you, Jones. All the threats are out west. All the threats are out west. I'm not worried about anyone in the east. I may look a little sideways to Miami if they start making a little ways through the playoffs, but they turn into a different team in the postseason anyway, so it's kind of hard to judge right now. But it's all to say I kind of disagree with what Perk is saying from the jump there, though, when he says he knows what all these other teams are going to do. Like, yeah, okay, I agree. We don't know who Kristaps Porzingis is going to be in a Game 7 of an Eastern Conference Finals. Right, what's or Paul game George six. ever done? Right. Like, I have a we, good idea of what James Harden is going to do in the playoffs. Okay, but like a lot Perk. of these other teams, I don't think that we can sit there and assume that they're going to get there. I don't think you can sit there and assume that the Nuggets are going to be back in the West because the West is a much more challenging place okay, than the but, East is right now. But his now. point is, if you get the yeah. Nuggets in the finals, they've been through all yeah, that, then and you've you got know a what lot to, to deal with. Okay, that to me, that's the challenge. I get that, but I, I, I don't, I still don't think like, I, I just don't. I wouldn't sit there and say like I know exactly who Paul George is no. going to be in the playoffs. No, 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 no. Kawhi, yes. Paul George, no. Uh, Kevin is in the truck on our Patriots discussion. Go ahead, Kevin. Hey guys, I'm just talking about. Uh... First round, if you remember, RG3 and Kirk Cousins get drafted in the same year. You remember Hell that? Yeah, I, remember I would it. say. Do you remember Hell that? Yeah. yeah. You what like I'm that? I'm talking about the number three pick. You like if that? If they don't like the quarterback, and if he's a doofus, right? 
Okay. Let the high end bidder take them, trade down, get a good couple players, and then go get two quarterbacks in rounds two and four. Okay. Move back, take two. This sounds like Arcan calling in from vacation is what that sounds like. Like, move back, take Penix, Knicks, Spencer Rattler, because now J.J. McCarthy is zooming up draft boards, it sounds like. Could go in the top ten. Certainly sounds like he's going to go in the first round. And then take another quarterback late. I, I don't hate the idea of drafting two. I just... I'd draft one in the first round and take a flyer on a guy on day three as well. Like that doesn't that doesn't scare me. That's what that's in his analogy. That's what the Commanders did or the Washington Football Team did. When you have gotten more out of it, look, I loved RG three that year, and it was like a pretty magical regular season. The second half, but when you have gotten more out of it, if you had used that draft capital elsewhere and just taken Kirk Cousins, like, I don't know that I would argue that you take two quarterbacks and that that's a that I'd point to that as a success. They kind of got lucky that the second quarterback that they took was Kirk Cousins. No. Right. They absolutely got lucky, but they, they covered themselves. They said, hey, we like this other kid. We really like RG3. They took him two in that draft, two or three. Where'd they take him? Two? I think it was two. And so they said, but we also like Cousins, and the value's high, and we're going to take him. And so I have no problem with the Patriots doing that. You need a quarterback. So, you know, sprinkle some seeds around. Try to hit on a quarterback. Well, I know what you want. You want uh, five quarterbacks all living in a house. We've yeah, talked about this before. This I do. is the ne- next Netflix special when people... Stop being polite and start being real. What do we call it? It was not under center. Uh, was it? I think it might have been. No, it was something with pass in it. I don't. The text line came up with it. I don't. If I don't you recall. came up with the name for our reality show, the boys going out in Foxborough and Dedham, let us know. Okay. Do you ever get told you look like a celebrity? Yes. Hello. <laughs> so to me, look, I wanted them to draft a quarterback last year, so I absolutely want them to draft a quarterback this year. Uh, 617-779-7937. More of your phone calls coming up. Uh, you can jump in here on Jones and Mego. No Arcan today. We have triple play less than an hour from now at 445. And on the way next, let's get back to Elliot Wolf. His comments about the draft. It sounds like the Patriots are leaning quarterback at three. How do you feel about it? As a Patriots fan, we'll get to it next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 